0: okay
1: uh, hello and welcome to womenistan talk show it's my great honor and great privilege to welcome today princess alia sultana babi welcome to womenistan
0: it's a pleasure being here
1: so for all my viewers that who want to know a little more about our princess alia sultana babi uh, sh- our princess along is uh, has a figurative crown also wears quite literally the broad brimmed hat of a paleontologist. So people who don't know about paleontologists, it deals with dinosaurs.
0: Am I right? Uh, yes, prehistoric wildlife. Yes,
1: prehistoric wildlife. That includes the dinosaur. Uh, so yes. she is the daughter of Nawab of Balisinur and traces her ancestry to Sher Khan Babi, the founder of the state of Junagar, who was bestowed with the Nawab ship by the Mughal emperor Humayun. 10 of millions of years ago, during the Mesozoic era, the lands of Alia Babi's forefathers teemed with ancient reptiles and dinosaurs and the rocks of Rahioli village, which has earned the moniker of India's Cretaceous Park near Balisinur, and are now etched with the remains of bones, eggs, teeth, and skulls approximately 67 million years old. That's amazing. These prehistoric giants include long necked titano- Titanosaurus, an enormous yes. snake, and a crested Abelisaur, often referred to as the T Rex of India. The deadly Rajasaurus, also, Alia Babi is an ardent advocate for the protection and preservation of this rare and precious fossil site in Gujarat which is one of the largest dinosaur fossil sites in the world. And she champions the cause of dinosaur education and conservation in India. As a dinosaur enthusiast who admires and has closely followed her work, including the Dinosaur Fossil Park and museum that she has set up in partnership with the Gujarat tourism. I am honored to have... given the opportunity to welcome you on Womenistan Talk Show. So welcome again, Alia. Great pleasure. Let my viewers see your full screen. So I'm going to shift it to the speaker view. (laughs) Yes. So Alia, please tell me about your family, your uh, Nawabi khandan. And, you know, tell me a a little more about all your family and all the um, princely way of living to start with.
0: Uh, Thank you, uh, Menas, for having me on this fabulous show. It's a pleasure being here. And um, yes, I belong to the royal family of Balasanor, which was a Nawabi state uh, in Gujarat. And my father was the late Nawab sub of Balasanor. He passed away three years ago. And we trace our ancestry to Sher Khan Babi, who came uh, from Afghanistan with the Mughals and Uh, we had three states in Gujarat, which was Junagar, um, uh, uh, Balasanore, and Radhanpur. And um, we had one common ancestor. And since then, we have been in Balasanore. So it's been an odd uh, 500, 600 years that we have been in Balasanore. And uh, my father, in fact, uh, there's a very interesting story. My father was just nine months old uh, when his father died. And he became the Nawab at the age of 11 months.
1: Wow!
0: So he was A minor king, he was a minor nawab. Of course, he had um, a British uh, Britisher as his guardian, and a local, um, a neighbouring state king maharaja, um, the Maharaja Sab of Lunavada, who also was his guardian till he became a major. Uh, But by the time he became a major, of course, India was going through the uh, the transition period when we became a democracy. So, as such, my father never signed uh, the decree where he, uh, like you know, when we merged with the Indian Union. So it was the late Maharaja saab of Lunavada who signed on my father's behalf. And uh, my mother belongs to the royal family of Palanpur, which is North Gujarat. And her Bade, Bade Abba was the late, late Nawab Sab of Palanpur who used to reside in Bombay. And uh, she also has a very interesting lineage um, uh, which is part of our history also. You know, her great grand-aunt was uh, mentioned in the book, Freedom at Midnight, uh, where she was the only woman of a foreign descent, she was my mother's grand aunt. was an Australian lady, who was married to the late, uh, late uh, Nawab Saab Talim Ahmad Khanji of uh, Palanpur. and uh, she was, of course, his second wife. And you know, if you've learnt in uh, history, um, the Britishers discouraged uh, Indian maharajas and nawabs from var- marrying uh, foreign foreign ladies, but uh, of course, no one listened to them, and they did what they had to do. So he married her, but uh, she was not given the title of H.H. H.H. is Her Highness, right? So when Louis Mountbatten was leaving India, uh, 14th August, he said that I must do something. He was thinking that I must do something which the people of the world will remember me for. And what did he do? He decided to make Jahanara Began, whose, uh, whose maiden name was Joan Faulkner. She was from Australia. Uh, he decided to make her... HH the Begum of Palanpur. So his ADC uh, advised him that, no, you can't do it. How can you do it? He says, why can't I do it? I'm the, I'm the Viceroy, right? I can do it. So that's what he did. He's midnight uh, 1158, he signed a decree where he made Jahanara Begum, HH the Begum of Palanpur. So she was the only woman of a foreign descent married to an Indian King who was given the title of H.H. the Begum Saab of Palampur. So she goes down in history for that. And my mother belongs to that family. And in fact, my mother has spent her childhood with Jahanara Begum. She has grown up with her in Palampur Palace, uh, as well as in South of France and all over Europe where they used to travel. So my mother was um, uh, like always traveling with them. So she has very fond memories and all. And uh, these are the stories that when my mother tells us, for us, they are like fairy tales because she has met she has met so many of the world personalities, you know, like the Shah, Shah, the Shah of Iran and um, you know, all the heads of states and all, because they all used to collect in um, south of France during the summer holidays. So this is, uh, this is all very fascinating um, part of a thing that we all have grown up here, you know, because when I think we were born, India had already become a democracy So we as such haven't seen the days of the Raj, but yes, we were pampered. Uh, We were a pampered lot compared to the others, Uh, but uh, our parents were very strict. Uh, They sent us to a boarding school where we were taught to do everything by our own selves. So that has been a very good upbringing. But uh, as as, uh, you read out in my bio uh, that I do wear, I, I don't wear a crown, but I do wear a hat. And that is the hat of a paleontologist. Um, Which has become my passion, which has become my, uh, I become a crusader for the fossils of the dinosaurs. Wonderful. And I I just hope I'm doing justice to them.
1: What, you know, sparked this interest in dinosaurs for you?
0: Uh, See, interestingly, your Menas, I would like to say that um, my mother tells me that when I was around four or five years old, uh, she had hired an English tutor for me to teach me basic uh, arithmetic and, uh, you know, English and all. So at the age of four five, before I was shifted off to a boarding school, uh, this English tutor was teaching me A B C D, and instead of doing D for dog, I was doing D for dinosaur. Achha. and I knew the spelling of Brontosaurus and Diplodocus at that age, which is very surprising.
1: No, so it, and at
0: that class to even
1: pronounce it. or time yeah. you were spelling so, kar it.
0: Yes, at five, age of five, I was I knew the spellings. Um, so which is very surprising because at that point of time uh um, neither me nor my family was aware that there was a dinosaur site near Balasanor. So, how come I was so much in love with them? That is where, where the surprise element is there. And now when I relate this story, everyone says maybe it's your calling. It was Ay, your calling. You know. You know,
1: it was making exactly. you ready.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so this is how it goes. So after that, of course, I went away to school. I was busy with my studies, this, that. And when I came back um, in around 93, 94, I got busy with my college. Uh, and I come from a slightly orthodox family. So my father didn't want me to go to uh, a city and, you know, study there or work there. Because as it is, we were away from home for a very long period of time. Um, so he said that whatever you want to do, you do it from here. So I was in this small little um, town of Balasinor, and here you have to maintain a bit of a parda kind of a thing uh, where you don't venture out that much. And also it was a bit difficult, whereas I was, I think I wanted to do so much. And uh, we had at that point of time converted our ancestral palace into a heritage homestay. Um, So we had uh, a couple of tourists visiting who were aware that there was an excavation site near Balasinor. Um, and I would like to say that this was not a touristy site. It was just an excavation site wherein the paleontologists were coming here and, you know, um, uh, researching and all that. Uh, it was not a tourist point of view. Like, there was no tourists here. Mm-hmm. But we had this random two, three tourists who were basically foreigners okay. who had probably read about it in their study papers or university papers and all. Mm-hmm. So at that point of time, we had this one, um, uh, two, British, uh, two Britishers and UK nationals and they uh, said that we want to go to this place and um, because the driver did not know English and they were a bit ignorant in this area they just asked me that can you accompany us and I said okay so we went in my car with my driver and when we went to the site I, I was as ignorant as any layman's on this subject because you see paleontology and all is a very niche subject absolutely and knows, there may be so many fossil sites but I would say a very
1: small percentage is explored.
0: Yes. So when we went there, I was as ignorant as anyone and I was just standing there uh, looking at um, just these pieces of rocks jutting out. And um, I was, we came back disappointed. I was equally disappointed as them. And that is the point of time I decided that, okay, I must do something about this. Uh, But it was easier said than done because when you, um, first and foremost, because I came from a very rural area, we had no internet. Mm. So uh, when I got the opportunity, I went to an internet cafe in Ahmedabad and I tried to search on dinosaurs in India. I was I was not getting anything. So that was one roadblock that I got. After a couple of months, um, I happened to meet some paleontologists who were visiting the site and they came to the palace for tea. And that is the time I asked them, I said, can you give me some literature? And they thought, why is this girl wanting literature on dinosaurs? She's just a bored princess who has nothing better to do in life, I suppose. Mm. So they did not take me seriously, I think. But I, I was persistent. And uh, after that, they gave me the literature. But when I was reading it, it all went above my head because I graduated in English literature. So where I studied Romeo, Juliet, Merchant of Venice, Homer, Shakespeare, all of a sudden, these dinosaur terms were coming uh, in front of my eyes, you know, which were just like aliens. They were like alien words to us. But anyway, I, I, I pestered these guys quite a lot, these paleontologists over emails and all that. And um, now 26 years, 27 years down the line, I call myself an amateur paleontologist with the 26 years of an experience. Awesome. So I'm self-taught. And for me, the main aim was preservation. I wanted to do something to preserve these fossils because we were trying to create something called dino tourism. Achha. You see, you have temple tourism, you have uh, beach tourism, you have wildlife tourism. Okay. And especially after the movie, The Jurassic Park, ah. a lot of interest was generated. Okay. So from a small little child to an adult, everyone loved dinosaurs. They were fascinated. And when they heard, we, the social media again has played a very, not only the social media, all kinds of media has played a very pivotal role in my journey. Hmm. They have helped me bring forth Uh, my dinosaur fossils to the world. They have helped my cause by putting up stories and everything. So um, people were becoming aware of this site, that there is this uh, uh, fabulous site where you get to see the fossilized remains of the dinosaurs in the natural form. Mm. At that time, we didn't have the museum. We just had the site Mm. where the fossils were there. Mm. Uh, So it took me quite some time to actually even convince the government um, uh, the various department of the government that we need to all come together on one single platform and do something for dino tourism. Uh, so i it was a very difficult task convincing them Tell uh, me because the i was challenges
1: t- you had uh, 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 for convincing and as a woman standing up were there people who were against you and trying to you know demotivate you mm-hmm.
0: Um, not exactly demotivate me, but yes, I was up against arms, literally you can say, huh. uh, where, uh, because I had to first and foremost see convince even the locals, because the locals, uh, they did not first and foremost know what is a dinosaur. Correct. Uh, they were ignorant, they were illiterate. So you have to first teach them what's a dinosaur, because until and unless we didn't get local support, we would not be able to do anything. Hmm. Uh, so okay. the land where the fossils are found actually used to belong to the state of Balasinor. Mm. They were the grazing grounds which my great grandfather and all had given to the villagers to graze the cattle. And here the princess was stopping these villagers from grazing the cattle. Mm. So the villagers had to be convinced that why am I stopping them? Mm. I used to tell them, cut the grass, take as much as you want, but don't bring your cattle inside because they're damaging the fossils. Because the fossils were on the surface level. Then, yeah, we had to tell them what they used to think that these mere rocks Are not animals, you see, because after 65 million years, the fossilized bones have actually become rocks, they are rocks. So, you had to convince the villagers that these are not rocks, these are actually bones of a dead animal. But what was that dead animal of any use to these villagers? You had to see from that point of view. For me and any layman, or any of the villagers, or anyone who comes, they are just rocks. When that got done, we had to convince the officials. I was told who is going to come to the site. It's a God forsaken place. Why do you want barricades? Why do you want protection? Why do you want guards to guard just these mere pieces of rocks? I had to convince them. And it was a very difficult task to say that these are actually treasures which will in the future uh, give employment to the locals. It's going to generate income for the various departments so that was a very uphill task which i managed to do so after 26 years 20 um, like last year the fantastic museum by gujarat tourism got inaugurated and you'll be very happy to know that just in 6 months we had more than 92000 tourists visiting the museum amazing all your hard work. all your hard work <laughs> well not only my hard work i think everyone played a role It's everyone we collectively, yes, I did. I I think I was instrumental in pushing things, but I think all of us collectively have helped achieve this, that today this museum is being visited by people from all over the world when we were told no one was going to visit here. So that is one very um, important uh, thing that we managed to do, apart from generating income. So we managed to employ around 50 people from the local village in the museum and in the fossil park okay amazing
1: tell me about the hotel that you have which is called the golden palace heritage
0: it's yeah it's called the garden palace
1: uh, the garden palace sorry
0: garden yes. palace yeah so the garden palace was actually the divans bungalow uh, not the original palace and it was built in 1883 um uh, so in the in around 96 my parents decided to make it a heritage homestay uh, because that time tourism was slightly picking up in gujarat and um, um, we wanted to give a bit of a culture also to the others who were willing to experience it. And we started off with one room and today we have 13 renovated rooms. That's what I'm saying. Um, the
1: number 13 doesn't leave me. It's a very lucky number. Anyone I okay. interview, in <laughs> life, mein kuch ek number hota hai. So <laughs> well, when I, I and searched I, and I saw that there are 13 rooms in the garden family. I said, why is this number 13 always
0: around me? It's my father's birthday also on 13. A lot of people don't find 13 lucky, but some people find it lucky. <laughs> yeah. So it's a heritage homestay, which we've converted. We offer accommodation, food. Uh, we offer uh, a rich cultural day. I would love to.
1: My viewer should also make it a point. Is there a website where you can register for the hotel? What is it called? Palacebalasenor.com. Okay, amazing. And uh, is there a way that um, going forward in the future you could organize a virtual tour of, of the,
0: the palace, palace or of the park?
1: On yes, we, can, know, do
0: that. we can. do that. Because yeah, I've sure.
1: Seen, I've seen a couple of virtual tours of very nice palaces. So probably you okay. could have a virtual tour, an educational program for even for the children for the fossils. You know, maybe tie up with baijus, why not? (laughs) You see baijus so much everywhere. Maybe have an academy for yourself for, you know, tutoring the children. I think that would be an amazing idea that since you're the leader in this um, fossil training, I think dinosaur tourism and dinosaur learning for children would be a great way of them understanding about the fossil heritage of our country.
0: And around I think my, my, my basic aim is education Gee. and uh, that is what I have been doing pre-pandemic I was conducting sessions all across India I was invited to the Bombay uh, Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj Vastu Sangra for a session I've been invited to IIT Madras also where I've given a, uh, a lecture there on the prehistoric wildlife I get invited to various schools and universities across India so this way i try to educate about the rich cultural um, uh, i mean i would say rich uh, prehistoric um, you know history about our india which a lot of uh, people are not aware about india has so much uh, prehistoric uh, richness that you know it uh, today when we think uh, india uh, india was uh, is in asia but do you know that india was not always in asia it was it was part of africa it was part of africa it was a attached to Madagascar, it was attached to Antarctica, which see a lot of people are not aware about. The first fossil of a dinosaur was found in the year 1828. It was the first fossil in Asia. So these are the things which people are not aware about. And through my lectures, uh, through my, uh, right now, of course, I'm in the pandemic and uh, the lockdown, I've been doing a lot of webinars. So through my webinars, also, I'm trying to uh, educate people about uh, uh, the prehistoric wildlife and the richness that India offers. So um, I just try to do my level best. And you know, today the kids are so knowledgeable. Uh, they are so exposed to this uh, dinosaurs and everything that they are They, they are more knowledgeable than us also. Uh-huh. And I that, think- is where I want to, that is where I want to tap their, you know, I want to tap their energy. I want to tap their intelligence there. And I really get fascinated when people ask me questions. So many times when I conduct the tours and all, and the parents apologize that my son is asking so many questions, I'm like, no, let it be. I will be more than happy if he asks me questions rather than he being silent. So exactly. that makes me very happy Absolutely. to educate I, the I children. Guess,
1: um, I usually pay, play some of these video games, virtual reality games. So I think okay. it would also be a good idea that your site, on the, the fossil fuel, and your palace. On the I'm just giving a suggestion because I think production and I think film <laughs> and I think that's something which you can hear and where you can see and if you have the benefit of virtual reality which becomes like a sense which is your uh, three senses your mind your eyes mm. and your ears all three combined in it in virtual reality okay. So, basis, in case if you ever want to do something on virtual reality my production house has just recently tied up with the new york film academy the person who's the head of the VR team there, Jonathan Whitaker. Mm-hmm. In fact, I just interviewed him two days back. So okay. he is always interested in the culture of India and um, he's always wanting to do something over here. So a okay. person who told vr that the head of VR and he started this program of virtual reality. So what is your experience? And what is your experience? 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 And that can be under your name, family name academy that you can float okay. with, probably. Just a thought okay. because I'm from production to mere dimaag mein ye
0: We can work on that.
1: <laughs> and uh, yeah. tell me about the Rajasaurus, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the dangers of it. And probably do you think that it could be coming up in the next uh, Jurassic Park uh, film that's coming <laughs> up soon?
0: Yeah, so a lot of people who visit me and they say that why, why don't you speak to Steven Spielberg and he could probably make a movie on the Rajasaurus because that's the Indian mm-hmm. T Rex. And yes, um, the Rajasaurus is the Indian cousin of the T Rex, that's what we call him. And in fact, I've given him a name it's my Guju dinosaur. Guju? <laughs> no, Uh, Actually, it was a carnivore, so Mm. (laughs) it was not not a vegetarian. So you see in the winters of 1981, we had these two mappers who were on a systematic mapping mission. And they happened to chance upon some of the fossils of the dinosaurs on the surface level. Mm. And um, interestingly, how the uh, finding of the eggs happened was that uh, we have a lot of uh, our our area is very rocky, full of limestone. And also we had a cement quarry also here. So the villagers used to dig for limestone and they used to find these round limestone balls which they did not know what they were. So at one point of time, they used to come and give these limestone balls to my father saying that Nawab, these are from your cannons. Do you want these cannonballs? So my father returned these cannonballs saying that we have become a democracy Hmm. and I don't have the cannons anymore. So these are cannonballs are of no use to me. So he gave them back. Little did he know or the villagers knew that these actually cannonballs were dinosaur eggs in reality. So this is how the discovery of the dinosaur eggs happened. And then when these two uh, mappers went to the cement quarry, the mine manager had actually used these round cannonballs to line the garden pathway of his office. So they were being used as decorative pieces. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we, they submitted a report that this dinosaur fossil park, I mean this dinosaur excavation site here, this site, which is now of course called the excavation site, uh, that and the area it has a lot of potential for dinosaur fossils. So a team came here and they dug approximately 400 bones.
1: Um,
0: those 400 bones, more than 400 bones, approximately. Uh, they more, more bones were of a herbivore, less bones of a carnivore. Um, carnivore bones were more um, interesting because they found a jaw with teeth, brain case and a horn. And on the basis of this, they happened to, I mean, they made a nearly complete skull. And this was the skull of a dinosaur not found anywhere else in India or the world. And in 2003, they announced to the world a new species of dinosaurs, which they named it Rajasaurus narmadensis. Amazing. So, so I the think more
1: made... contact Steven Spielberg somehow or the other. Or I can head I, I, go across to Hollywood and have that. And I think you must, not for yourself, but for the world needs to see it.
0: Everyone yes. needs to know I mean, the story. Interestingly, the name, how did the name Raja come? Correct. Because of the horn on its head, huh. it, it, it looked like a crown. Okay. The horn on its head looked like a crown. That's why they gave it the name Raja. And Narmadensis, because most of the bones of it were found on the banks of the river Narmada. So Rajasaurus, Rajasaurus was a thirty-foot, stocky carnivore dinosaur, which used to feast on these long-necked titanosaurs. Uh, titanosaurs were the herbivore dinosaurs, you know, the one with the long necks, if you remember from the movies. Uh, though they were double, triple in size to the Rajasaurus, they were because they were very big, and uh, that's why they were slow and lumbering. They couldn't run quickly, so that is why they generally became food for the Rajasaurus. Interestingly, we have another dinosaur from our village, uh, which uh, they gave it a name befitting to the village of Raioli, where the fossil park is, and the name is called Raioli Saurus, Nar- uh, Raioli Saurus Gujaratensis. So you have another Guju dinosaur who what? was only from only from this area, not anywhere else in India or anywhere else in the world. Or so India- I have not
1: Oh. इन
0: oh. Oh. Whole of India Whole of India has a lot of fossil excavation sites. It's a pity that they have not become tourist friendly or they are not protected. Uh, but you'll be very surprised to know that we have more than 30 dinosaurs only from India. Oh. We have a dinosaur which has been named after Rabindranath Tagore, Achha. which is called Bharatosaurus Tagore. Haan. Bara Pa means Bada Pao, big leg, not the Bada Pao of Mumbai, uh, <laughs> but uh, Bara Pa means Bada Pao and Tagore because it was found in the centenary year of Rabindranath Tagore. Uh, uh, then we have also another dinosaur called Kota saurus Yamanapelensis, which okay. was found from Telangana, mm. uh, you know, the Kota formation of rocks called uh, 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 in a village called Yamanapalli. So you see, then we have another dinosaur which is called um, ICSAurus or Ecysaurus mm-hmm. which has been named after the Indian Statistical Institute in, uh, in Calcutta. Uh, in fact, um, I was very happy to see, you know, KBC, they, they covered a question, they put up a question that which Indian dinosaur is named after an institute and that was the ICSAurus. So it really made me very proud to see my one of my dinosaurs featured in kbc so that so uh, along with that we have another i think 25 25 26 more dinosaurs from the indian subcontinent
1: and uh, alia i wanted to ask you that do you feel uh, in the coming future would dinosaurs again come back like i would say i saw a very nice i'm not getting the name uh, a hollywood film and usme ye tha that you go back to nature goes back to z- ground zero because so much of global warming has happened, the infection in the air, that the dinosaurs, the kind of radiation that they emit in the movie, it's been shown that the kind of radiation that dinosaurs emit. So the scientists take nature back to that era mm-hmm. where the dinosaurs r- radiate that you know, energy out and that kind of radiation just say it heals the planet so there are lots of deaths that happen but then at least there is a cycle of life which continues on the earth by the radiation that uh, the dinosaurs emit. Do, Do you think that ever this
0: could ever happen? I don't think it's a possibility that the dinosaurs are going to be reborn. Uh, because uh, it's it's a near impossibility, you know, because, see, dinosaurs died nearly 65, 67 million years ago. Uh, so the DNA is also not preserved. But uh, you never know, you have maybe one or two crazy scientists who may do some uh, hocus pocus and create a dinosaur or create something. But I think we also don't want dinosaurs to come back, otherwise humanity is going to be, like, in... Uh, like, we'll literally be on, like, we'll, we'll not we'll not survive, I don't think, because... what the um, film shows, that we no, all no. perish, we all perish, and
1: the current humanity perishes, and the radiation that they give out, it's a bigger yeah. cause, uh, uh, that your world hai and the
0: ecosystem revives back. Because but you see, very interestingly very interestingly the dinosaurs are still living among us do you know that where are they living in the form birds? of birds the dinosaurs are still living amongst us in the form of birds yeah yeah the, the birds of today the birds of today are considered to be the descendants of the dinosaurs it may it may look you may be shocked to learn a lot, a lot of people get shocked when i tell them this they say how can a small little sparrow be like a but that's how it is this is what the scientists perceive they said that this is um, these are the living descendants of the dinosaurs. So the you dinosaurs know, are very much... Have,
1: uh, you know, strawberries that are so big and watermelons which are so small.
0: The DNA... Yeah, it's, and all, organic, it's all hybrid organic. now. It's all hybrid now.
1: <laughs> so You never know. Anything can happen. A bird can be made into a huge size and it can turn. But uh, coming to... Uh, how does one now promote this for Gujarat? I mean, you know, Um, there is so so much of Gujarat uh, tourism. Is it necessary that some brand ambassador steps in with you where a celebrity comes in and makes this a bigger cause because that's how, you know, things are getting uh, promoted?
0: See, um, Gujarat tourism is doing a fantastic job now uh, of uh, uh, promoting the Dinosaur Fossil Park also because we have a fantastic team in place. And Amitabh Bachchan is already the brand ambassador of Gujarat Tourism, yeah, gee, gee, gee. and uh, in the near future, we shall we we're hoping that he also comes and promotes the Dinosaur Fossil Park.
1: No, no. Um, so
0: Out we are. We are so,
1: it's a matter of time that uh, you know, y'all should approach him and just get him on board via the Gujarat uh, Tourism. That please come and yeah. and an Probably, all no, need no, to do is an it ad. Is,
0: it, is, it is very much in the pipeline, as what I've heard. I'm it so is very much in the pipeline. I'm so, really
1: excited.
0: Fingers, fingers crossed.
1: <laughs> so what next now? What do you
0: think about Every day basis, pe kaam hi hai. Huh. I mean, I'm, uh, as I mentioned, I'm more into uh, education, like through my tours and all, uh, and through my webinars, that's what I'm doing. I've also been told that why don't you do um, a YouTube video of your own? You, why don't you have your YouTube channel? Um, so that is there in the pipeline but uh, and, and also at the same time I'm in the process of writing my autobiography so that is taking up more of my time. I'm trying to do my best um, but that's a slow process but I need to complete it by this year hopefully inshallah. <laughs> Wonderful!
1: Why not? And uh, have you thought of ever doing a documentary on uh, a story of yourself? How you found the fossils, the challenges, how you worked for it—a biography, think, probably even a docu.
0: Uh, well, uh, we did. Uh, we uh, we have done a short documentary by one one team has done from Bangalore a couple of years back. Uh, so basically, that was on me only. And that is already on air, yeah, but uh, we've not done long ones. At least
1: a 30-minute one for BBC or something like that.
0: A lot of talks in the pipeline, but nothing concrete is happening as of now. Hmm. I guess everyone gets busy with some project or the other, but yeah, lots of talks. So let's see, inshallah, when something like this does come up.
1: Okay, wonderful. So uh, tell me about your personal hobbies, about yourself. What do you do? How do you pass your time? (laughs) And as a royal family, y'all are considered the blue blood. I know you've been uh, in boarding also, but it's a little different from the normal life. Tell us a little more about the royal family. So,
0: yeah, we, I think in this day and age, we are all like all uh, normal people. There's, uh, but yes, uh, it's a charmed life, no doubt about it. Um, yes, um, you can say we are slightly different than the normal people. <laughs> um, see, I, I was, it's a privilege to be born in this family and my parents, uh, they gave us this fantastic education where we were sent to one of the best schools in India. So even my school has helped me, uh, in my, you know, my, I think the foundation was my school because the initial years were definitely in spent in the boarding school. And it was a convent which was run by the proper, proper Irish nuns. Oh, wow. not uh, uh, So these nuns were actually originally all from Ireland, uh, not, not the Indian nuns. So I think I was very privileged. So apart from basic education, they also imparted uh, that education, how to be a lady, how to do gardening, cooking, this, that, manners. So you see i i very proudly i say that i when i get complimented for my excellent english or my diction or my pronunciation and they t- people think that i've lived abroad all my life but it's not that case and i and i very proudly i say that no it's all my education and of course the environment at home also my parents were uh, very strict though they were very orthodox they were very strict also at the same time very lenient so I had a very traditional as well as a very modern upbringing. Where my parents they uh, impressed upon education. Yes. They wanted us to have a good education because I think my mother was very far-sighted. Um, my grandmother spoiled us rotten, though she was quite strict. She was an autocratic lady. <laughs> but uh, my mother insisted that no, they, these girls must do things by themselves. They must learn to you know not depend on servant staff, and all that. Um, So my mother's upbringing has, I think she was the strict one in the family apart from my father. And uh, see, when we're living in this small little town, we do have our uh, privileges also. Like locally, I don't go out that much. We maintain a kind of a distance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not exactly a parda, but a kind of a distance where we we can't just walk down the street or anything like that. Um, Even the town people don't expect it out of us and even we would feel a bit odd but when i go to a city i'm with my friends and all i'm just like any normal girl hanging out with friends dinner movie shopping this that
1: so i think i have a my great great grandfather's uh, uh, hometown called nadiad from balasinor
0: it's very much yeah it's very much in, very much close to balasinor just to an be? hour's drive
1: so i've been i was when <laughs> when i went to nadiad i think i must have been 7 years old for a wedding and after that i've not been there
0: and so actually you are you are from you are very much you are very much from the hood
1: <laughs> yeah i love gujarati food i like my kadi, my khichri, my dhokla and, and patra and <laughs> i love guju food and the Undio. I, I just okay. oh, tell me a little about the folklore that is connected with dinosaurs and the myths in india
0: Uh, See, first and foremost, there is a lot of ignorance about dinosaurs, people, there's this one breed of people who believe that dinosaurs did not exist, exist, then there's this one breed who feel that dinosaurs were like dragons, or dinosaurs, uh, you know, so there's this mix, it's like a mix of things. Um, uh, But at the same time, uh, the villagers, uh, you know, they thought that the eggs of the dinosaurs are like shivlings. Yeah, achal. So, in in parts of Madhya Pradesh and the bordering regions of Gujarat and Madhya Pradesh, the eggs of the dinosaurs were worshipped even today. So they have uh, like placed uh, the eggs in a mandir. They, I mean, a mandir has been made. Um, they offer prasad, uh, diya, Garbhati and everything. So, in fact, BBC and National, uh, not BBC but National Geographic and Discovery, I think, had also done a fantastic story on this. Uh, plus, it has been featured in a couple of books also half the dinosaur eggs were worshipped. Now, what was the reason for worshipping them? One is because they looked like shivlings. And second, the villagers uh, knew that these belonged to an animal which was very big, very large, very huge. So you had to calm him down. Okay, Supposing the, he gets angry. The
1: size the eggs were how big eggs? No no, no,
0: no, no. That's the misconception that the eggs were huge. Huh. Uh, the eggs were this small. Like ostrich eggs. Uh, no, uh, the egg of a herbivore dinosaur, that's a vegetarian dinosaur, the largest was the size of a football, Okay. not bigger than that. Okay. But the animal which emerged out of it was huge. So after the dinosaurs hatched, they became this huge size. Then the growth rate was very quick. Mm-hmm. So to calm these huge animals, to calm these humongous, humongous animals, uh, the villagers used to uh, worship them, to keep them calm and happy. So these are some of the, you know, the myths and the folklore and all uh, associated with dinosaurs or the dinosaur eggs.
1: And um, what I was uh, trying to ask you that being a lady and championing this cause, do you think you have had a lot of major challenges for conservation? And can you share us something? (laughs)
0: Um, Yes, I did have a lot lot of issues. First and foremost, it was difficult to convince people. Um, secondly, even the government that uh, why was especially I doing it? The
1: government it? is what uh, I meant in science and conservation, especially for the government.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if I can say that. Was it because that I was a lady who was doing it? I don't think I would uh, want to say that because, um, I mean, I was not told so that you, you can't do this, <laughs> you, you can't do, do that. Science but, background. So did, yeah, it, you can't
1: do that. So was I patented? Was there any patent involved or any IPR that you could freeze? Was What no. was the
0: registration or something that you could do? No, no, no. Nothing, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Nothing like that happened. Um, in fact, uh, I met a lot of opposition just for probably, as I mentioned earlier in the conversation, that um, it was difficult to convince them why I was doing so. Now, whether they were not believing me for being a princess or being a lady, that I can't say. But um, it was just because, yes, uh, they, were not, they were not willing to accept the fact that uh, um, th- there exists something in these rocks. You know, so that th- I think only that. But yes, uh, the, there were these couple of people who felt that she is a bored princess who has nothing better to do in life. And that is why. But I think I was because I was very persistent. Uh, I think my resilience power didn't give up. And that is where um, I think they got convinced that, okay, yes, there is some potential in what she is saying. There is some truth. And that is, I think, what helped me in, you know, pushing things forward. And yeah, today I'm, I think I'm quite, I'm not very happy. I'm, I'm satisfied with what I managed to achieve, but still I feel there's lots more that I can do. And uh, could you share something that you've not
1: shared to anyone or now something really close to your heart that you want the world to know
0: (laughs) no I don't think there's anything like that um, something that
1: comes down from your mother or your father and um, something that you've learned from them something very precious about the family something really you know very very close to your heart
0: ah that I think my life's an open book (laughs) <laughs> so much has been written about me over the years but um, per se I don't think there's anything very honestly Maina, that um, I haven't shared um, yes I had a wonderful childhood my parents were very supportive uh, even though I was I, I call myself the black sheep of the family because I think I'm the only lady or um, someone coming from my kind of family who's doing something in this field because as I mentioned dinosaurs is a very niche subject uh, so I don't think there's anything which I haven't shared uh, before. I can't think of anything right now.
1: <laughs> out of you, I said, let me give you one more
0: question, which an open-ended question where you
1: could voice out and say whatever you wish to say to the viewers. And uh, <laughs> I think it's been a lovely experience and complete privilege, Alia, to have you on this Womenistan Talk Show. And I look forward to helping you, supporting you in any way that you would want. In fact, connecting you towards Hollywood, uh, towards uh, VR, if you need any kind of support or help. And if you want to make some documentary with BBC, my production house is there, or connect you with the media to voice out anything furthermore or for an academy. So I'm there for you as a woman to woman.
0: Thank you so much. It's really, I look forward to taking your help in the future
1: complete pleasure and thank you so much for coming for on womenistan talk show it's a pleasure
0: thank you Menas. thank, thank you, you for the
1: you, allah hafiz allah hafiz Love.